the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, everyone. This is Tim. And this is V. And we welcome you to another episode of our Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. And today's episode is on Ahimsa, which is Sanskrit for non injury. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Last week, episode 14, Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about Ayurveda, yoga, and if you have to be a vegan or a vegetarian in if you practice a yoga lifestyle or an Ayurvedic lifestyle. Yes. And that was bringing up the concept of, is it written in the scriptures or is it written that way? And now I want to know is because somebody's going to say, well, yeah, it is. Because in the sutras, the, the uh, Patanjali, Patanjali sutras, sutras, they say ahimsa. Yes. And eating animals, eating meat mm-hmm. is ahimsa, which is... It's actually not practicing ahimsa. Yeah, it's yep. violence as yep. opposed to. Not and ahimsa means. Ahimsa actually means non-injury. Hold on, because uh, I've always heard it as non-violence. Why are you saying it's non-injury? Okay, uh, ahimsa. To just give a little bit more background, is the first of the five social obligations that make up the first limb of yoga uh, based on the eight limbs uh, according to Patanjali Sutras. Yeah, and we're going to talk about those in depth on other podcasts. So you can kind of tell that it is really important since it's the first of the five social obligations. Which is the first. Which is the first limb. Yeah. So it's the you first. You have to do the... this first before you can do, Any... according to Pata... uh, Patanjali, yes. You have to do this first, then you can go through the steps. Absolutely. So nonviolence, or I'm sorry, ahimsa, yes. is the number one. Yes. And it is actually explained more in the in the uh, Raja Yoga, uh, especially by Swami Vivekananda, which is the closest to the origin. And uh, he was alive about when? You don't uh, have to give exact. We'll write it down. Uh, but, uh... He was alive in the, the early 20th century. Okay. And... Um, uh, he explains it as non-injury, whether by physical act or word or thought, causing no harm of any sort. Even just having uh, strong emotions, negative feelings, uh, thoughts of jealousy towards another human being, that is still considered injury. And it's not just words other human beings is towards anything on earth, say. It can be the universe, but for now we'll keep it simple. Towards anything within your community. Now, when you say earth, you're also talking about Mother Earth, also the planet itself. Exactly. Exactly. Towards anything that's part of the planet and, very importantly, towards the planet itself. And with that, ahimsa is the first step. 
And do you, how does that say that you should not eat animal products or use animal products if you're in the yogic world? Where does that fit in? It doesn't, exactly. That is one of those uh, very popular misconceptions. Uh, Oh, non-violence, don't kill others and don't kill animals. Screw the rest. Uh, it's, it's a very, very, very limited and wrong view of the concept of non-injury. It's taking it at an extremely superficial way. And unfortunately, it, it sounds cool to some people, and that's how it has been propagated but it is it does not reflect the truth of raja yoga the truth of what the old rishis the original rishis were teaching uh, for several for several political and socioeconomic reasons in the greater Hindu culture, and uh, due to a lot of um, outside influences, somehow it was uh, it lost its original meaning, and it served certain purposes to say, "Don't kill others, don't eat animals." It served. It served a lot of political and socio-economic purposes, and that's why it survived. And. That's why it was created and okay. survived. Okay. And uh, I, you were just reading something about... Uh, Swami Vivekananda? Yes. And he had... A, I love him. Yeah, he had a comment mm-hmm. that he made about meat. Uh, in, can you, re, can you yes. sort of say it? Yeah, he had several comments. Uh, I believe the one you're talking about is where he said uh, that it is outrightly wrong to judge meat eating given that the Upanishads were written by Kshatriyas, which means warriors, who were meat eaters, and also given that great avatars such as Rama, Krishna, and Buddha were eating meat. So, and he, did he eat meat or did he not eat meat? Uh, Swami Vivekananda was very open to eating meat. He was actually more uh, judgmental towards others who were enforcing vegetarianism. He actually believed, he was a a great practitioner of Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a brilliant man. So he believed that whatever food suits best for the your peace your personal peace of mind that's the food you should pursue he he was actually very yeah he, he was a perfect practitioner of ayurveda and the reason he was talking he sounded judgmental uh, towards vegetarianism is not that he didn't approve of that he was he was not approving of people giving false information and making it sound like it came from the rishis. He was against uh, lies. 
So he wasn't saying that vegetarianism is bad. Like no, we're not absolutely saying it's bad. Not. Exactly. And we're not saying veganism is exactly. bad, but we're also not saying exactly. the rest of them yes. are bad. And what he was very concerned about, that's the reason he was so outspoken, is that the he he was very aware of the decline of India as a greater country and he highly believed that that decline was due to false uh, religious practices that were uh, propagated by people that didn't have the country's best interest in mind and uh, that's that's and he believed that that was sort of holding the people back exactly and Ex not letting them exactly, move forward exactly and in a lot of his in a lot of his teachings those were the examples he was giving he didn't like the darkness that was taking over the country due to uh, false information he also even mentioned it as mystical Exactly, he was uh, he was uh, saying that anything because he could see that uh, what was um, what was surviving and thriving, unfortunately, was superstition and folklore and mysticism, and that's why he was saying anything that sounds mystical to you and you cannot explain by reason, run away from. Excellent. Yeah, we'll be right back with more on ahimsa. Stay tuned. Do you like what you hear? The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you. And we're back. Ahimsa basically says, you know, the least harm. Yes. Is a good way of looking at it also. And so Ayurveda and yoga, both of them, and actually even Jodish, uh, which is another thing that we'll talk about another day. And Vastu Shastra. And Vastu <laughs> All of them, none of them say that you have to be a vegan, a vegetarian, a meat eater, nothing they all say that each person is an individual and each person should be looking at what makes them thrive in whatever way they want to thrive because each person has their own want exactly. out of life so certain people will need some things certain people will need other things and mm -hmm. to look down on somebody is actually going against ahimsa. It is actually injury by thought. <laughs> yes. So that's actually where you get into the injury. Yes. Is looking down or saying, well, you need to be this way, yes. you need to be that way. And that's going against what yoga, Ayurveda, and the rest talk about. Exactly. Now that we basically said, eat what you should be eating. Yes. And what makes you thrive in yes. whatever you want to thrive. Ahimsa, let's talk about how the footprint is the most important part of the yogic philosophy. Exactly, because the whole thriving part, thriving as an individual, it is always within your community, immediate community and greater community, thriving in order to do good, because somebody may be considering uh, 
thriving all for themselves and who cares about the world. That may be a superficial form of thriving or a personal form of thriving, but it causes injury to the greater community. And that actually, uh, that reminded me of uh, what he owns Whole Foods at one time. Oh, John Mackey. Yeah, we, we were able to sit down with him yes. a couple of years back and have one-on-one yes. -on -one time with him. Another and, brilliant man. Yeah, and he wrote the book on conscious... Capitalism. And so he was saying how you can create a great community and do wonders for the community. Where it is, the way he put it, where it is a win-win for everyone. Yes. For you as the individual and for the greater community. Yes. That is the true meaning of thriving. Therefore, based on that, whatever food, whatever nutrition, diet you choose to follow, know what it does not just to you, but to the greater community. Now, I'd like to talk about, and I always pronounce them wrong, so I'll let you pronounce the word, the berries that everybody eats here in oh, the United um, States. Oh, acai? Yes. Yes. They're, to start with, they're nightshade, which a yeah. lot of people are, are they they hurt them exactly. internally. Exactly. Uh, nightshade food. Yes. That is a huge food that a lot of people a goji, eat. Yeah, goji berries. Yes, goji berries. Yes, yeah. goji berries you're talking about. Okay, yeah. yep. Yes. And uh, the concept with those things... And yeah. go, goji berries come from... Uh, Tibet and China. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a huge footprint. A, it, coming a, over exactly here. a huge footprint. Yes. And then the acai. Uh, the acai, acai and, yeah. um, that comes from South America along with quinoa, and, and that that is that's the the footprint there is has been documented as terrible, not only for the environment but also for the farmers. Yes. Uh, the, yeah, the, the socioeconomic footprint for them is terrible. So for the environment... It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. sending it all the way to the United States. Exactly. And then... Or actually, and it's going to Greece, too. When we were in Greece, there was... Uh, yeah, all of that was being yes. shipped to Greece. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, what it has also done for the land is uh, it doesn't allow for the rotation of the soil. Mm -hmm. And it has also taken land away from the llamas. They're killing, or not... The, the llamas used to be, uh, used to graze there, and now they don't have anywhere to go. And also, they used to help with the fertilization of the soil. So now they have to use um, chemical fertilizers and pesticides, and they are going completely monoculture instead of the rotation. And because of the whole spike in price up and then down, mm -hmm. the which is completely not following the dynamic balance, uh, the farmers are not able to afford the quinoa that they used to eat all the time. They are not able. They are not able to afford it themselves. So they are going to uh, nutritionally deficient foods like just white potatoes, mm -hmm. and also they have to sell their livestock because they don't have enough money and who knows and also 
they are not able to grow anything else because they focused so much on quinoa for a long time because it was bringing in money. So it's a vicious cycle of crap. And so it's one of those things that if no matter what food you're, what style of eating you're going to be at, you should at least make sure that the footprint that you're doing does the least harm. Exactly. Because sending it by ship or by plane. Yes. That's a huge footprint. Exactly. And to say I'm doing no harm. Yes. Because I'm eating this, yes. you're doing a lot of harm yes. because you're bringing in. Yep. The, yeah. Getting it here. That is either being an ignorant or a hypocrite. So either way, it's either way it's good. bad. Yep. Yes. And that ends up uh, the footprint is what you want to look at mm-hmm. more than what you're eating. You also want to look at non, not uh, looking down on people for whatever style they're eating, exactly. because they're on their own path, exactly. and hopefully they are looking at what they're eating to make them thrive. Yes. What about processed foods? Uh, processed foods. That's a great question. Remember that Ayurveda talks about the person the wholesomeness of the food and the context. Our context today is different than the context was when the Ayurvedic texts were written. So what does processed food mean today? It's, it can be taken in many different ways. So as properly processed as possible and when you say properly processed you're talking about like uh in ayurveda i know it's white rice not uh, Uh, brown rice because white rice is easier to digest it is easier to digest yes than uh, brown rice uh cooked food uh in a lot of cases is easier to digest than raw food Uh, so one can say well raw food is less processed than cooked food well it depends on what your digestion is like uh, can it and for some people can digest uh, raw food easier than others or a dairy one type of milk may be uh, a lot better for someone than another type of milk and you can't tell people to drink raw milk that's against the law, the law. and uh, in a lot of cases it's, it's bad for the person it's bad for the person period you want that's where studying studying history of food good science and knowing the person and the context comes in excellent until next time much much love from both of us may we all be well namaste kala If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both, and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, Namaste Kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.